Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms of Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms of preteens, teens, and young adults. My mission is to first and foremost support and encourage you, mom, so that you can live well and reclaim your life. Two, this show will help you have the best possible relationships with your teens so that you can communicate, motivate, and guide them effectively and actually enjoy them. And third, I will bring you top-notch guests who will share the newest in adolescent research and trends so you can be prepared and aware of what your teens are facing today. Always you will leave each episode armed with practical parenting tips. Welcome back everyone to the 207th episode of Power Your Parenting Moms of Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. Could your teen improve their social skills? Does your teen have the skills needed to be successful in their job or career? And what can parents do to help improve these much needed life skills? My guest today has some great advice for us, and he models what he preaches. Kurt Manicky is the author of the book, audiobook, and online course, Smile and Succeed for Teens, Must Know People Skills for Today's Wired World, and The Parent's Guide for Smile and Succeed for Teens. Winner of the Mom's Choice Gold Award and Teacher's Choice Award, Smile and Succeed for Teens is a quick, easy read to help teens master social and career skills for success. Kurt is a former owner of an award-winning startup specialty retail business and is an expert in sales and fundraising. He is a member of the Rotary Club of Northville in Michigan and enjoys volunteering with animal welfare and land conservation organizations. So welcome, Kurt Manicky. Thank you, Colleen. It's nice to be here. Yeah, this is going to be great. So can you tell me about your book, Smile and Succeed for Teens, and why you wrote it? Sure. My book, Smile and Succeed for Teens, is a crash course in face-to-face communication for teenagers. It teaches them the important social and career skills that they may not have learned. And really, I wrote it to give teens confidence because I remembered being in middle school and knocking on people's doors to see if they wanted their lawns mowed. And I was sweating. I I didn't know what to say. I was nervous. And I thought, I never want another teen to have to go through this. And after that, I worked at a retail store and they didn't train me and they just put me on the sales floor. And I'm embarrassed to say, I was hoping nobody would come in because I 
I didn't have any answers if they asked any questions about the products. So I thought never again, let's give the teens the information they know. So say, so they have confidence and succeed with making friends and on the job. Yeah. I would have loved something like that. I, I remember working in a department store and I was a floater and I would go from department to, oh. to department. And yeah, I was a really shy kid and I'd like, <laughs> I didn't know any of this. I didn't either. And, and it, it's really hard, isn't it? When you're that age and you're, faced with maybe approaching an adult and you probably weren't comfortable just like I wasn't. You didn't know what to say. I didn't either. Yeah. I had no idea. Yes. So were you always interested in helping teenagers or how did you get to be interested in helping teenagers? That's a really good question. Also, you know, I got interested in customer service when my mom and I went to Sears and my mom was always really nice, but this gentleman at Sears, I was about eight years old, he was really rude to her. She just wanted to buy some craftsman hand tools for my dad. And I noticed, boy, he's not hes not only not helpful, he's kind of standoffish. And then I got interested in customer service. And I had some situations with Everlast the punching bags where they did a great job sending me a new punching bag. So I thought, wow, look at the difference it makes when you have great customer service. And so when I had our startup specialty retail store it was a windsurfing store a lot of technical items like inline skates and i had 25 teenagers working for me so i created a six-week training program to give the teenagers confidence and i couldn't afford to lose a customer yeah so they had to pass a test before they were allowed to interact with customers including knowing how to answer the phone so fast forward many years later i noticed a lot of companies obviously were not training their employees how to answer the phone properly how to greet customers just how to say please and thank you so i wrote my first book smile sell more with amazing customer service but then all these moms and teachers came up to me and they were telling me kurt you have to get this book in the schools it's all the people skills kids aren't learning and i said i don't know anything about the schools i, I wrote this for business so after that, then I wrote Smile and Succeed for Teens based on that first book, but specifically for teenagers. And I added a lot of illustrations with educational captions. And I had a great group of kind of a focus group of teenagers for nine months that worked with me with the manuscript. And they were wonderful. They, they gave me insight that I would have never had. And a lot of moms and teachers helped. So what did you learn from the teens? I learned that, boy, you really have to put, you know, you have to cover everything because when I when I was having the teens read the manuscript, one of them said, you might want to put in there not to chew gum during a job interview. And I said, well, would somebody do that? And he said, yes, my friend does it all the time. And, and another young lady said to me, you better put in there how to order a pizza or how to talk on the phone. And I said, well, why? She said, well, my sister won't order a pizza. She's terrified to talk on the phone. And so are all my other friends. And I said, really, they won't make a phone call. No, we will never make a phone call. So in the parents guide and the teaching guide, we have role playing for those activities. But I really wanted to give kids confidence. The other reason I wrote it, Colleen, is I'm very involved with fundraising and volunteering. And most adults are terrified to ask for money, yet they're the people serving on the boards of the nonprofit trying to solve our world's most pressing problems. So I thought, what if we help our young adults now get over that fear so they enjoy asking for money because they are our future board members. And can I yeah. give you one quick example of that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was volunteering at a local high school. They have that vendor day and they wanted to learn about being an author and writing books. 
and this young lady walks up to me and she was great. She looked me in the eye, shook my hand. She said, Mr. Manneke, my name is Colleen. Would you like to donate $70 so I can go to the DECA statewide conference? <laughs> I said, you ask better than any adults do. And I said, certainly. <laughs> and her teacher was standing there and she winked at me. She said, well, she read your book. You know, what a difference if these nonprofits had all the money they needed to advertise and to, they're always struggling. And it's because a lot of people that are working with them or that are on the board just are not comfortable. So they asking for money. So they lose a lot of opportunities. I'm hoping these teens will be superstar um, fundraisers and salespeople. No, I completely agree. Just start them young and exactly. just have it be like, this is what you do. That's that's right. Exactly. Yeah. So you wrote a parent's guide for Smile and Succeed for Teens. Yes. So how do parents use this with their teens? How I came about doing that, I, I was a vendor at an autism conference, and a lot of parents there mentioned, they were asking, do I have some kind of guide? And I said, do I have a teaching guide? But they said, do I have something specifically for parents? And I wrote that for two reasons. It makes it much easier for the parent. They don't have to dig into the book and, and make up their own questions and role-playing activities. And also, it's a way to give their teen confidence as far as mock job interviews or even for example, if they're volunteering at a farm market, it teaches them to stand up. There's a role-playing activity. Maybe it's two teens. Maybe it's not the parent. Maybe the parent has the brother and sister do it, but they're standing up in front of the table. They're not behind the table. They're smiling and engaging at everybody that walks by and inviting them to come to the table. You know, how many times do you go to a trade show or a farm market and people are just sitting behind the table and worse yet, they're eating a salad <laughs> or, they're, or they're on their cell phones. <laughs> so nobody wants to approach them. So a lot of activities like that to give just to prepare their young adult so that when they go volunteer or they go on the job, it's not their first time that they've done this. Yeah. I'm a therapist and I've been doing this for many, many years. What I love about what you're doing is they do need skill training and we fall into patterns. And I love talk about smiling. And looking someone in the eye because that's a pattern that a lot of kids don't do because kids are now enculturated to look down on their phones and not to look people in the eyes. That's a great point. Exactly. And that's too bad with the cell phones that they're so involved with the screens. And they, like you said, they don't have those conversational skills. You know, it may sound really simplistic, but I wrote both of my books thinking if all the teen or all the adult got out of it was to smile and say hi to somebody or to smile and greet a customer, that would be a big step forward. And it sounds so simplistic, but you and I could go into any business. I could fly to Texas. We could walk to some businesses. And I guarantee, and I'm sure you know this, that probably at least two out of five of them, we wouldn't be greeted. Yes. And yes. for teenagers, that's so important. You know, I was in Minnesota once, um, and I had money in my pocket to buy a guitar, and I walked in this uh, music store. It was summertime. They had the door open. The teenager never said a thing to me, and I don't blame him, but the owner was in the back room doing some paperwork, obviously had never trained the teenager in these skills we're talking about. And again, I don't blame the teen. They were probably terrified because they didn't even know what to say to me when I walked in. I didn't buy anything there, but... I didn't blame the teen again. I thought, boy, the manager, pretty typical not to do the training necessary when you have somebody representing your company. And that's, you know, you really can't afford to lose a customer, as you know. Right. So what do you think is the biggest challenge to teens today as far as social skills? Well, you hit the nail on the head, Colleen. 
with the screen time. They're not looking up. They're looking down on their on their cell phones. Some of them have really never had a good conversation with an adult, and maybe some of them haven't had a job where they've had to do that. So I think that's the biggest challenge. And I think it makes it really probably pretty stressful for them to even think about going onto a job where they'll have where they'll have to face an adult. I mean, I, I'd feel the same way if I were them. So that's why I think that if the parents can get the kids volunteering or doing something like that, get them used to this. You know, just like us, we practice, practice, practice. Then you go do something and you're pretty comfortable. But if somebody just, like they did with you and I, if somebody just tosses you out on the sales floor, you know, that trial by fire, it's really, it's terrible for the teenager and it usually doesn't work. Right. And what you said about teens and using phones, like my daughter was scared of using the phone. I mean, she would avoid that. She would avoid it and want to do anything else but use the phone. She had a real fear about using the phone. Like she could text all day and, of course, text fast as anybody else. Really scary to use the phone. So I do think actually teens today need skill training around the phone. I agree with you. And in the teaching guide and the parents guide, there are role-playing activities so that one teen can play the part of the customer, the other teen can be the employee, and they can order a pizza or check to see if a product is in and vice versa. And I do have a lot of social media etiquette in the training guides. One, one, one example, and I'm sure you can relate to this when you go out to a restaurant, it's just a simple role-playing exercise. You're with your family at a restaurant, your phone buzzes or pings and it's in your pocket. What do you do? Well, the correct answer is not answer my phone. <laughs> the correct answer is ignore it. Right. And I just don't think a lot of these teenagers have had that type of modeling or maybe that type of training. So they don't maybe know better. Maybe they just think it's natural that you just answer your phone in front of a customer or something like that, or at a restaurant. Right. So what do you feel is the greatest challenge facing teens and young adults as far as job skills? That really goes back again to the cell phones. They don't have the social skills to create a relationship with that customer or that employer or that coworker, which is really sad. And I think that's the biggest challenge because, you know, if you're an employer like I was, I'm always thinking about, okay, how is this teenager going to treat Colleen or one of my customers? Will they come back? I can't afford to lose a customer, nor would I feel right about somebody coming into my business and being ignored. So I think that's the biggest challenge. I think we need to get them comfortable off the phones and just role playing until they're comfortable with the face-to-face communication skills. And they're going to make mistakes. It's And that's fine. You know, when I had teenagers working at my store, I told them, you're going to make a mistake. Don't worry about it. If you don't want to do this in front of everybody, I'll pull you aside and don't worry. This is the time to practice. And then they did great. I would always go up to them and say, nice job, Tim. That was wonderful. She left happy and her kids were happy and it's because of you. And, you know, you make them feel good and they enjoy it then. We didn't have mm-hmm. any turnover. They were confident. They loved their jobs, but I didn't throw them into it without the knowledge. They knew the knowledge of all our products, of the competitors' products. We went over frequently asked questions. Any question a customer could ask, they already had practiced the answer to. And they they were really good. I mean, they knew how about the rollerblade bearings, the different stitching and the wetsuits. And it was really fun to watch them. And I, I used to thank them all the time because I couldn't do it alone. You need right. good people. And they were they were great. So I think the same thing can be done with teens today. I think role playing is such a great tool. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think 
You can read a book, and I think reading is important, of course. It's a whole nother thing to actually role play and have a conversation with a customer, all of that. And you don't know what you don't know until you start role playing. And I think it builds confidence. Is that what you find? It does. And I'm glad to hear you say that because, you know, I'm not a therapist. I'm not an expert in these types of things. I just know what worked in our store. And I was just going off what I thought would help them, you know, role playing. So it's nice to hear you say that. And yes, that is what I found. And, you know, in our store, for instance, we sold Oakley sunglasses. We had every color they made. We were like the number one dealer in the Midwest. But it was fun to watch the teens because they were they did role playing on how to sell the glasses. So people would come in and they were usually on boats and lakes. So the teenager would ask like you, well, what are you going to be using your sunglasses for, Colleen? And you might say, well, on the boat. And they'd say, well, what I want you to do is put these glasses on, go upside down, shake your head. Look how they stay on your head. Go ahead and do that. You won't lose them like you lost your others. And they just were really confident from all that role playing. So I think yeah. it, I think we should do a lot of that with the young adults nowadays. I know with your parent guide, do you find that teens are open to doing role plays with their parents? You know, some are, some the parents know their kids. And if that's not a good situation, I'd suggest doing it with their brother or sister or doing it with one of their friends. You know mm-hmm. what I found too, with a lot of parents, a lot of parents of the neurotypical kids would say, oh, my teen would never read your book or he doesn't need it or she doesn't need it. But they'd buy it sometimes anyways. And they'd come back to me and say, I found my teen reading your book in bed the other night. I mean, I think we have to give teens some credit. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. They can read and they do want to improve themselves. I think we've got this wall up thinking, oh, they don't want to learn anything. Whether it's my book or yours or somebody else's. Yeah. They do. You know, they are smart. They do want to learn. I found that quite. I had one lady that said, well, my son's more of a hunter type. He, He doesn't like to read. And then she came back and said, my son read your book. And he asked me if I could take to school and show his teacher. So I think sometimes parents maybe have to get out of the way, let the kids, you know, they're just like young adults, let them learn if they want to learn. Sometimes they want to learn some things. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're, but you're more of much more experienced with that than I am. No, I completely agree. If a parent is using this guide, when the parents are using this guide, what are some things that you've seen is like not helpful in using the guide and what is helpful? Because I can think think of one. I think the attitude, I think the attitude of the parent has to be very helpful, patient and understanding. I'll give you an example. I used to teach windsurfing. Usually it was the wives of the husbands who already took the lessons from their husbands, but he wasn't patient. So they'd always tell me, well, I took the lesson from my husband. He was terrible. I'll take it from you. (laughs) I think the person has to be, I don't know, really at their level, really just open to what the teen wants then some of it work, but I don't think it's for all teens, that type of training. I think some teens will push back and maybe they want to read the book or listen to the audio book. You know, everybody learns in their own way. What do you think though? I'd be curious what, what you said about. Okay. So I think like your approach would work. You're encouraging, you're like, way to go. You don't have to be perfect. You know, you can try again. You're not expected to get it on the first try. A, A lightheartedness Instead of a critical spirit, like a critical, no, that's not how you say it. You know, start again. Exactly. You know? I couldn't agree with you more. That's so important. 
to make it fun for that young adult and let them Mm -hmm. pick something out of there that they'd like to practice. And, you know, maybe it's when they go volunteer, maybe they would like to have a little more confidence before they go volunteer or before they start that job. Maybe they're thinking, boy, maybe I should do this before I go to Macy or whatever, wherever they're working, before I have to talk to an adult, maybe I should practice a little bit. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they'll spend a day on the job and realize, you know what? I don't want to go through that trial by fire again. Let's do a little, let's do a little like you and I encountered. Let's do a little role playing. Yeah. And it can be playful. And that doesn't mean that it's not serious. It's just, it means that you have room to grow and it's, there's not criticism there. That is so true. And I think making it fun, like you said, and playful is so important. And also showing them that, you know, some of these situations, they may not think that they are going to happen in the job, but they just might. You, you have to know how to answer that phone. I was doing some role playing with for the Autism Alliance of Michigan's been volunteering. And one of the young adults raised his hand, they were ready to go into jobs. He said, well, why do I have to know how to answer the phone? And I said, well, what if the secretary's not there? And then you're the only one there to answer the phone. And he said, well, I started my job yesterday. And that happened yesterday. So it was kind of funny. So you know, sometimes we don't know what we will need when we're on the job, but it's good to be prepared just in case. Oh, yes. Yes, this is great. How can volunteering help teens with social and career skills? Volunteering, I think, is huge. There there are a number of benefits with volunteering. Number one, it gives the teens confidence. Number two, it's a great way for them to practice these social skills, practice greeting that person that comes to the event, just saying, hi, how are you? Thank you so much for coming and introducing themselves and saying please and thank you. So that's huge. It's also great for careers because they can, you know, it gives them something to put on their resume. It gives them something, someone to ask for a reference from. I think that's really important. And, you know, it makes them feel good. You know, they're off those screens and maybe they meet some new friends also. So I think volunteering for young adults, it's got so many benefits. And Mm -hmm. uh, with the jobs, especially if, if they go to an interview and they haven't had a job, they can refer to this. And the person interviewing will ask, well, what did you do? And they can say, I did this, I did this, I took care of the customers. You know, that, that's really important. Yeah, yeah. What I have seen in my practice is that sometimes kids who are more introverted and shy and maybe have a little bit of trouble with relationships, when they get a job at a retail store or in a restaurant, it's really helpful for them. That can really boost their self-esteem. You know, that's a great point. You get that confidence because they probably don't, they're probably thinking, I wonder if I can do this. Don't you mm-hmm. think? And then they yeah. go do it. And it, that's that's a great point about the restaurants. That's a tough job too. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. fast. Yeah. And they're learning some social skills that maybe they don't have at school, but they have to have that in their job. You know, it helps them with school and social skills and their experience in work. I think sometimes parents may be a little bit cautious about letting their kids work in high school because they want them to just, you know, study and focus on their academics. I just think it really does build their skills. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I think it's so important, and you know this as a therapist, for kids to have a part-time job in school because of the this, the benefits you mentioned and also the confidence, the friendships, you know, and maybe focus a little less on the grades 
or maybe, you know, maybe take a day a week and be working or maybe on the weekend, a few hours. But I think it does wonders for these young adults. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It kind of builds their independence. Exactly. Builds their character. It really builds their grit too. You know, that, Hey, you can make a mistake. That's okay. Because I think young adults are so afraid of getting bad grades and so afraid of making a mistake. If we just help them say, you know, that's okay. We all make mm-hmm. mistakes. I make mistakes every day. If you, if you don't make a mistake, something's mm-hmm. wrong. You know, you're going to make mistakes here and you're going to do it on the job too. And you learn from, that's how we all learn. You know, if we can make it a positive um, situation yeah. for them, but yes, I think having a part-time job is really important for, for young adults. Yeah. So especially for kids who are so anxious about grades and they're really struggling in school. And then that's a whole nother level of skills in the workforce. So when they see that they can, any of those jobs is going to be super helpful. I'm thinking of one of my clients worked in a juice store. Oh, you know, that really was a thing that made her feel good and gave her self-esteem and built her confidence. I love that. And that would, because those places, I mean, sometimes I go in those places and I think, gosh, I wonder if I could work here. It's, it's, it's pretty fast paced. You know, being with having all those interactions, I would think that would really boost their self-esteem. And, you know, like you said, she found something she loved. And I think that's important for young adults to try and find something they'd enjoy. Not that the first job is always going to be the perfect job, but they mm-hmm. can find something if they like the outdoors. Maybe they work like I did on the grounds crew of a golf course, you know, just find something where you have some interest in that. Yeah. And I love that you trained the teens. You know, I remember so many jobs that I was just thrown into a situation like at a restaurant oh. and no one gave me any direction. That's and it awful. lasted like, one night. <laughs> you know, that's that's very common too. The turnover is so high. You know, in our retail, in our specialty retail store, our turnover was very, very low. Now, it kind of was the cool, teens thought it was the cool place to be, so they wanted to be there, but they also knew that it was strict. We were friendly, but I couldn't afford to have them not greet you, and I wouldn't feel good about that. So they knew it was fast-paced, but they were rewarded. And they were trained properly. They were ready for any situation. Maybe once in a while, there was something that came up that I couldn't anticipate. But boy, we really trained them so that they were comfortable. Yeah. And they gained confidence that way. Because you might walk in and ask all these questions, and they've got the answers. And you're saying, wow, you really know your stuff. And, and they're beaming because of that. And then they want yes. to come back the next day. So it really does work well. Yes. So Temple Grandin called you after reading Smile and Succeed for Teens. Can you tell us about that? Yes, it was kind of funny. I was watching the Detroit Red Wings hockey game. It was eight o'clock at night. My phone rang and the caller ID said Temple Grand. And I wasn't sure if it was really her or not. So I answered the phone. She's she's wonderful. She talks really fast. I answered the phone. I said, hello, this is Kurt. How may I help you? She said, Kurt, Temple Grand in here. Love your book. Read it today. You use my testimonial to get your book out to all teens to lower the unemployment rate. And she loved, she told me she loved the fact that it had volunteering at an animal shelter in it because she felt that that's a great way for young adults to practice all those customer service skills. But she was very nice. And and the autism community also picked up my books just because they're short, quick, and the unemployment rate is so high. Yes. Yes. That's great. All right. So for the moms that are listening, what are a couple of tips that they can take away to help their teens? You know, I I would say the number one tip, and you probably have insight into this too with your expertise, 
is to model the correct behavior, maybe not be on your phone, you know, show the young adults how to have a conversation with somebody else, not be checking your phone all the time, not be talking to somebody at a restaurant where you're half on the phone and half, you know, you're going, you're glancing back and forth. I would say, number one, be a great model. Number two, I would suggest, you know, model how, like we were talking about phone calls, interact, personal interactions, show your young adults how to properly order on the phone and also in person at a restaurant. And then tell them, you know what, why don't you give this a try now? You can do it and let them make the phone call for carryout and let them say hi and thank you and please and thank you to the waiter or waitress and let them practice doing the ordering. And that's what I would do. But first I would show them the correct way. And if you have to do that a couple of times, do it. And just ring, tell them you might make a mistake, no big deal. You know, it's the waiter and waitress, have fun. And that's those are the tips that I, I would give. No, that's really good. I Thank like you. that. So any last advice for the moms who are listening? Any questions that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? No, you were great, Colleen. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I would say, you know, look into local opportunities for volunteering. Um, the PetSmarts always need help on the weekends. I volunteer sometimes. These animal shelters, they don't have enough people. You know, you've got the founder bringing the cages in and out and there's nobody to help the customers. So I would say, take do it as a family. Take your young adult into PetSmart on a weekend, um, get it lined up so they can practice their social skills, greeting somebody and going up to somebody and saying, hi, what type of um, dog or cat can I help you find today? And thank you for coming. Those types of things. And if you want do it as a family, it's actually really fun. You're around all these great dogs and these people and the dogs are getting adopted or they can walk the dogs. So I would suggest doing some type of volunteer activity like that. I love that you said that. I had a client who I just loved her to death and she's like super, super shy uh -huh. and very anxious, very depressed. And then over time, I just saw her just blossom. So when she graduated from high school, she worked at a PetSmart. And she worked with the dogs and she, that was like the best experience for her, you know, cause she could give to the dogs and she, all the dogs had little personalities. They had the, the problem dogs and the really happy dogs and the precious little puppy that she wanted to adopt, but it just brought her so much joy. I love that story. You know, animals do that. And, you know, for my book, I have a section on volunteering and I, I looked, I did research on what young adults care about the most and animals was number one. So that it kind of fits in with what you're talking about. And I think now it's only adopted animals at PetSmart, which is nice. They don't sell any, they're all um, up for adoption, which is great. But then, you know, that I would say that, or even volunteering with your local Rotary Club. I'm in Rotary. We always have opportunities. You know, there's Rotary in every city. And if you contact them or your local church, find an opportunity to get, do it as a family, get your kids involved off the screens and let them practice the interact, have them practice introducing themselves to one person, but role play that with them first. So they're comfortable. I love that for several reasons, because I think kids are so in the virtual world that they don't even know what they can do in the real world. And so what they can do in the real world is volunteer. Exactly. And we need volunteers. I mean, I think it's only I think only one third of adults volunteer and all these organizations need help. And I'll tell you, when the young people come to volunteer, 
I, with Rotary, we volunteer a lot with our young Interact students. They love it. I mean, they're great. And, you know, volunteering makes people happy. Yeah, yeah. And I think there are a lot of teens are entitled. And yes. volunteering really helps with that, too. It broadens their world. It sure does. Like Monday, we're doing a um, dinner for some group of people at this church who are homeless. And, you know, when you and we'll have some young adults with us, exactly what you said, it broadens their world. When you see this and how little some people have, it just gives you a different perspective and you tend to appreciate what you have and hopefully want to are inspired to help more people, especially as these young, as these young adults get older, maybe they'll get on the board of a nonprofit or volunteer for some nonprofits. But I think experiencing that when they're young and having a nice experience, a positive experience, it just sets the stage. There's so much one person can do. So your book, Smile and Succeed for Teens, a crash course in face-to-face -face communication, must know people's skills for today's wired world. It's a great title. Thank you. So where can they find this book? And do teens actually read this book? Yes. You know, teens aren't the one that buys it. It's usually teachers or parents or grandparents, but I suggest and they just leave it out. And then most of the teens will read it. They can get it either on Amazon or on my website, smilethebook.com. And one last thing I wanted to say is I spent nine months with teenagers to make sure they would read it. So I kept making, we rewrote it 70 times with my editor, I self-published to make it as short as possible until the teens would say, I would read it. And I'd say, well, why would you read it? They, you know, we can keep going. They'd say, what's well, got valuable information and it's nice and short. So it is really short and easy to read. It's very teen friendly. You have illustrations and it's not intimidating. And like they can just open it and get the information quickly. That was the goal. And it's very upbeat. I had the Penguin, the editor at Penguin Books, the teen editor, help me with the tone of it also. And I just wanted to make sure teens read it because maybe it'll... Maybe in 20 years, we'll watch an interview and they'll, they'll ask an adult, how did you raise $20 million for breast cancer? And the young woman says, well, when I was 18, my mom got me this little blue book. It taught me to quit being afraid of asking for donations. So that was really in my head when I wrote it. I thought, you know what? We can really change the world here, but we have to get over that fear. I love your vision. That is so Thank wonderful. You, Thank you. All right. So just like you said, if nothing else, if you could get your teen to smile more, wouldn't that be wonderful? That would be huge. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome, Colleen. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Yes, me too. Thank you. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review this makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my award-winning, best-selling books, God Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, and my newest release book, Dial Up the Dream, Making Your Daughter's Journey to Adulthood the Best for Both of You. You can find both of these books wherever books are sold. And you can find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com, and that has two L's and two E's.
podcast and leave a five-star review. This makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my award-winning, best-selling books, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, and my newest release book, Dial Up the Dream, Making Your Daughter's Journey to Adulthood the Best for Both of You. You can find both of these books wherever books are sold. And you can find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com. And that has two L's and two E's. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.